The following podcast contains spoilers. We strongly recommend you watch the episode of The Americans we're discussing before listening to the podcast. New episodes air Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on FX. Acting is finding truth in whatever world you're in. So it doesn't matter if you are fighting dinosaurs or you're in, in the 80s in the Soviet Union playing spies. The, the truth is in the material. And if you trust it, like I do, it's quite easy. Welcome to Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast for Season 4 of The Americans. I'm June Thomas, a writer and editor at Slate, and I'm the host of the podcast in which we take you behind the scenes and share some of the secrets in the making of the show. I've returned once again to glorious Gowanus, Brooklyn, where the show is made to discuss Episode 4 of Season 4, which goes by the name of Chloramphenicol. Whoa, did somebody tell you how to say that or did you just do it? I just know a lot about pharmaceuticals. <laughs> Today, I'll be joined by the voice you just heard, Joe Weisberg, the creator of the show, his co-showrunner and co-executive producer, Joel Fields. Hello, Joel. Hello. And by Costa Ronan, who you may know as Oleg Igorovich Burov. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are Good you? Good to be here. Excellent. Thank you. We got him here by threatening to play a tape of him. <laughs> Turning evidence to the FBI. You, but you did promise not to tell anyone. So. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> now, we want to talk with Costa, but we have to just address what just happened at the end of episode four. That was extraordinarily traumatic, but very swift. How did you decide that it was Nina's time to go, you guys? You know, this is one of those ones where since the time the character was introduced, season one, People have been saying to us, tweeting us, emailing us, and asking us, is Nina going to get killed next episode? Is Nina going to get killed next episode? And so for basically four years at this point, we've been saying, no, 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 no. And and we really had no idea when it was going to happen. So really, this is just the time when the story finally came to its conclusion. It's a funny thing. It's a while now that we've had this storyline pretty solidified, and Nina's story is one that actually didn't change radically as it unfolded. What did change is the when. And there were times when this happened at the end of season three, in the middle of season three, at the end of season four, it kind of kept sliding around. And uh, it really did just land here. In fact, I'd say up until the last minute, it was the first scene of episode five and the last scene of episode four. And also the how developed because we read a book uh, last summer that happened to tell the details of how people like this were actually executed at the time in the Soviet Union, which was something people didn't know until really after the collapse of the Soviet Union, some of these secrets came out. And the details, which are essentially what you saw in the episode, which were designed to be humane. They actually didn't want people to know what was coming so they wouldn't be sitting there suffering. And so we tried to film that as accurately as possible. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so surprising and impactful. You haven't, you haven't seen that before on screen because... That's not something anybody knew about. No, I will say, in fairness, very humane to the person who is being executed because they don't have to sit there sweating the upcoming execution. It turns out they weren't so humane to the family because there was simply no information given to the family. So eventually somebody would 
come up to visit their relative in jail and they they'd be told oh um <clears throat> they're not here you should go down to the third floor and then on the third floor somebody would say you need to go to records and then you'd trudge down to records and they would send you across the street and then someone would just hand you a death certificate and the graves were on mark too so you couldn't visit the grave Wow. Yeah, that, that was a little tough on the family, but uh, good for the victim. But the, but uh, the book Joe is referring to is called Farewell. It's written by Sergei Kostin, uh, co-written by Sergei Kostin, who became one of our technical consultants and has been an enormous help on the show and well worth reading. You know, I, I, I was just listening to the guys and relieving that moment when I read about Nina's character. And I, I had to go back and reread it two or three times because I was just obviously from... Oleg's point of view, Nina and Oleg have had such a huge, huge history together. You know, he was introduced via uh, Nina and her relationship with Agent Beeman back in season two. Um, so when I read that, that was a tremendous, tremendous shock and had a great effect on me. Yeah. And your character, I mean, Oleg really... I think we realized by the end, really was in love with Nina. It oh, was, absolutely. And, absolutely. And do, do you have a sense, or as the actor playing Oleg, do you have a sense of what it was about Nina that was so bewitching? I mean, so many men on the show have been absolutely bewitched by her. What attracted him in Nina? Her. You know, it, it wasn't just because they were put together in the same space. It was because they were part of the same world, but also living very, very similar lives and going through very similar tests. And something that brought them together were, was, was also the, the obstacles that they had on their paths. Mm-hmm. And you he know? really put himself at risk for her. Absolutely, yeah. He, he, he basically, you know, he you know, went pretty much against himself and everything mm-hmm. he believed in right. to help her. And that was also very surprising for him because it's not something that he would have done on a whim. It's something that he would have lost a lot of sleep over. Now, uh, Jay's, um, having worked with Costa, does actually having the physical actor and getting to know him change what you do for the character? I'd say the character, on the one hand, has grown a lot since we've gotten to know you. And on the other hand, has followed a trajectory that we very much had in mind. So I think it was kind of a merging of both processes. And at some point it becomes indistinguishable because you're writing to the character, but the character has fused with the actor. Uh, you're kind of engaged in, in like a jazz improv at that point <laughs> as, a writing, as a writer. Um, you have to act in English and Russian. Right. Is it different? Um, I mean, do you... Does it? Do you feel like you're doing a different task in the two different tongues? A great question. Uh, different task, no. Um, different process, no. However, the process is quite different in itself because you you think in a different language. Um, you know, you don't just go in and you say the lines because they're on a piece of paper. You, you to say those lines, you need to think to say that. Uh-huh. And thinking in Russian and thinking in English are two different tasks. That's why it's so different on other shows and other actors who play Russians, but they don't really, they're not Russians because they're not thinking in the language. You can see it straight away. They're thinking in English because the pattern is different. Uh (laughs) So they arrive at a sentence that they don't really understand. Whereas thinking in in a language that you speak is quite different in in essence. So 
to deliver a dialogue in English, you have to think in English. And this is where the two tasks kind of separate. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's fun because like this morning I was, it was all about uh, Russian scenes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you're Russian and you act in Russian and you kind of tap into that side of you and the, the, the part of the common cultural DNA, it's, uh-huh. it's fantastic, you know. How, how does it just work? Do you get your scripts in Russian? Uh, because cause some, you're, I guess you're always, you're never switching from one to the other within a piece of dialogue, right? We did a few times, didn't we? Like uh, the, the, the great um, uh, polygraph test scene. Right. That was yeah, English, yeah. Russian, right. English, right. Russian, right. English, Russian, English, Russian. Yeah. Um, but that could have been probably the, the only one, right? Yeah. I think so. Nina and Anton have done it, but you not so much. No, no. Wow, it feels like it's been ages ago. So the script it, well, is it, in Russian, and you. I'm sorry. And, so the script is in Russian, and you. Well, the scripts are written in, in English, and then uh-huh. uh, we've got a great team of translators who translated the the dialogue into Russian, and then so when we get it, it's it's kind of, it's it's what was originally intended and written, and then. Um, what we see is also in Russian, which is the language is going to be delivered in. And it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting process because it's it's so imperative for the translator to capture not just the words, but the essence of what the writers are trying to say, the tone and the uh, what's not being said. Mm-hmm. Because the, the show, I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the show, it, it feels like it's so much about what's not being said <laughs> right, than right. what's about being said. So it's kind of like you you read between the lines and when you read between the lines in a different language, that's a <laughs> completely different task. But so it's imperative that translations are so spot on, not just in terms of the words, but in terms of the meaning of those words. Because otherwise it's a completely different show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now... This may be an offensive question. I apologize if it is, but do you speak with your own accent or do you give Oleg like a Russian accent? I, I don't give him, uh, I mean, I don't think there is such a thing as the Russian accent. There's a, you know, a couple of things that come into play. There's an accent that we're used to hearing in films and television that has been perceived to be a Russian accent for 20 or 30 years, which is not Russian. And now, because our ears are accustomed to hearing that accent, we kind of expect a Russian to be speaking with that accent. So when a Russian is speaking with an accent like Annette, Lev, Vera, myself, mm-hmm. you're like, I read somewhere, somebody wrote that, why couldn't these people find an actual Russian actor because his accent isn't Russian. <laughs> and I read that and I'm like, I just was left speechless because you know what? I mean, obviously that person knew better about Russian accent than I did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a, I, I guess it's a personal preference. So with character, he's definitely got a different pattern of speech to what I have. He's mm-hmm. got a different accent to what I have. He's, you know, he's got a lot of what he's got that I don't have and the other way around. So. He's a character in his own right mm-hmm. with a completely different, you know, standalone independent life. Now, I'm just thinking this is also the episode where we heard Elizabeth say, a vital part of training. Yes. Now, I hope uh, she's not going to upset the Russians, by the way. She well, it's okay. That. We told her to model that on Natasha. <laughs> so but that, that was, that was in did. a way a conscious statement on right, the, right, what right. Costa is saying. Yeah, yes. Yeah. In the script, it actually said, a la Natasha and Bullwinkle. Yeah. When you when your family left Russia or Soviet Union or whatever it was at the time or the Russian Federation, did you ever think you'd be earning your living by speaking Russian? Um, I'm, 
Wow, I, I don't know. No, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't think that I'd be making my living speaking uh, in any language. I've kind of, uh, you know, I love theater, and that's something that I was mm. doing at that time. When I left Russia, I was working on a radio station. So speaking and creating voices and creating characters and, and writing was something that I already was doing when I was making my living then in Russian without English, mm -hmm. even though kind of in a way it was um, combined. So, no, I can't think... I, I, I don't think I was having those thoughts. And can you take us back to... You were living in Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't know whether you were watching the show or not, how you heard about the part going in up to what you called the chemistry read. Maybe you can right. explain what that chemistry read was. What kind of was your knowledge of the show and how you found out about the part through getting the call that you got the part? That was, uh, yeah, that was a turbulent time. Um, how I found out about the show was I saw a billboard. I was uh, La Cienega in Santa Monica from... from <laughs> cause I still remember, I still remember driving down the hill on La Cienega and uh, I saw the board and I was like... And it had Russian writing and I gotta, I gotta know more about the show. And then I obviously did, started doing research and I was blown away because I, even though I didn't know much about the show, but I thought, what a great idea. And it, it, first of all, it was something that hasn't been done before. It wasn't a story that was told before. It was a story that deserves to be told and should have been told years and years and years before. It had a phenomenal cast, of course, Carrie and Matthew um, and Noah. I mean, I didn't know much about the writers or creators or anything else, but the more I read about the show, the more snippets here and there that I, I, I saw, the more I was kind of engrossed with the show. And I remember uh, speaking to my manager at that time, I was like, just get me a mock sides, I will put it on tape, and I will send it to those guys because I need to be on the show. This is I like, I, how can I not be on the show? You know, the actor in me was confused with the, with the audience member. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how are they, how, how is it, why are they not, why you know and all those eternal questions that actors around the world ask and and i was one of those actors um so it wasn't the right time you know as it happens uh, it, that was in the beginning there was a board for season one so um i got the mock sides but i didn't put it on tape however at towards the end of season one um, I was doing, man, I was doing a lot of self-tapes, self-tapes. And one of the self-tapes, I remember my agent sent me an email and said, hey, um, there's the casting brief for this guy, Oleg, for the show The Americans. And I'm like, <laughs> I know the show. Yes, yes, this is the time. And like, I, I, like you know, like I want to say that I knew, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that that was my time. I didn't know that I was going to get the part. But a little part of me was like, there's a reason to it. You know, and uh, so I send the tape in and, um, you know, and you hope, but at the same time, you know, everything, everybody's telling you, you just got to forget and let go and kind of, and so I, you know, I kind of had to, it's, it's nerve wracking. What can I say? So, and then um, I got a call to go for a casting session at DreamWorks and I get there and that's when I met Dan. Um, and, uh, you know, I show up in my suit and, <laughs> and my tie and my white shirt and, 
And I was like, English, Russian, English, Russian, <laughs> English, Russian. I was like, Russian, English. And like, <laughs> these guys don't even speak Russian, but ne nevertheless, I'm like, English, Russian, English, <laughs> Russian. And I was drained, but I was feeling so elated. I was feeling so happy to be working on this fantastic material and for this great show. I didn't, I didn't, you know what? This was it. If, if I, even if I didn't get that part, I felt so creatively fulfilled just working on that material and bringing that character to life. Because that's all we can do as actors. That These guys have done all the work before us. All we can do is come in and breathe life into it. You know, let that character live. You don't need to try anything. Just let I, the I love you say, saying that as if it's nothing. All we have to do is come in and breathe, breathe life into it. You do realize that's what God does in the Bible. Okay, but you guys, you guys have created the characters. You guys, you guys, you know, did everything that you had to do to give us that opportunity. So when, uh, you know, I was drained anyway. I thought I was going to have a, 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 you know. Uh, so I get home and then I was at, at a table read for a, um, another project and I get a call from my agent saying, hey, there's a chemistry read. And I had no idea what the hell chemistry read was. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, sure. And this is going to be this girl and at my hand, she's on the show, yada, yada, yada. I was like, great. So, you know, I, who is Annette? And I'm like, okay. So then I connected that Annette, Nina, you know, kind of did my research as far as the characters go. Came in, Annette was there and she was just sitting by the door at the office at, at DreamWorks and we just hit it off, you know, it was cool. Like we just hung out and talked for a little bit as <laughs> when we had time, bonded as people and as Russians and as actors, walked in, English, Russian, English, Russian, English, <laughs> Russian, <laughs> improv, English, Russian, improv, improv, right? like two hours at least, wow. drenched, came out, I was like, <laughs> And that's it. You know, I came home during the day. I'm sorry to take so much time, but no. it was like, it takes me back now. And I'm trying, like, it feels like I'm relieving this experience. You know, I'm sweating just talking about it. Because I came home, I was like, man, like, this is like, like, the, the, why the country they just call and say you got the part? Anyway, eventually I got the call and I got the part and, you know. The rest and, is here. And here you are. I'm here. <laughs> no, I'm curious. It's great for us casting these parts because we watch these tapes and mostly we're watching the Russian which we don't speak so we cast the part watching them talking in Russian and seeing how it feels without really knowing a word they're saying huh. but it's interesting in a way it gives you a great perspective on actors and it's an interesting way to look at material sometimes when I'm on a flight I really enjoy glancing over and watching TV show or the movie that somebody else is watching without sound and seeing the performances without sound and seeing what the filmmakers chosen to convey without sound. And I think there's something really compelling about those scenes in Russian where you don't quite speak the language. There's something liberating about it. You, you take in more, you're forced to take in more of the posture and facial expression on some level. You know, the other thing I would say is we remember all those tapes. I mean, we really do. And and also when you're on the other side of watching the tapes, you really do know that the actors are going through all of that. And it's, in a way, it's hard because you have to go through a lot of them and most people don't get the part and you feel you try to block out all the emotion that goes in for the actors because it's because it's painful in a way. But then also there's the joy of it when it's working it's also it's also like a political campaign is for a candidate which is if you survive the campaign then maybe you can survive the office and i think look acting for television or film or on theater it's it's a hard job and you come in and suddenly there's new pages or you know last night that we we couldn't have the rights to certain uh certain song lyrics so suddenly a whole scene had to be rewritten and you got to be 
ready to show up, change it up, improv, Russian English, Russian English, and do it. I don't think I knew it was two hours that you guys were in there. That's a long Well, time. maybe it wasn't two hours, but, you know, don't let the truth stand <laughs> on a way of a good story. Right? <laughs> it felt like two hours. It exactly. felt like a lot more than two hours. <laughs> That's what mattered. It was five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Costa, in this episode, we saw Oleg and his father, Igor. You get a sense from their conversation. It's a very intense, very sort of honest conversation, it feels like, from the outside, um, that they don't quite know or understand or trust each other. Sort of what's your read on their relationship? Well, look, I mean, Oleg and his father, they, they, they've had uh, a lot of um, disagreements over the years. And, and, and partly, you know, that's the reason why Oleg left Soviet Union and, and came to the United States and is trying to make his way in politics at the Residentura. Um, they have had very difficult relationships. So now when Oleg is back and, you know, he's more of a man than a boy um, who left that country um, and that family. And they're having this conversation. They're having conversations about very serious matters. You know, he's not just there to talk about fun stuff. They're talking about saving somebody who is considered to be a a prisoner of state and a a traitor. Mm -hmm. And so naturally, uh, the father played by great Boris Kordanov, he says, you know, I cannot really help you because you don't want to be associated with the trader because if you are, guess what? You are one too. And you know what? That With everything else aside, if you look at it, this this tells the audience so much about the show because it's not just who you are, but who you talk to and who you are associated with and what you think and what you say and who you're with and who sees you with who. This is what the show is about. Mm-hmm. One of the things the show yeah. is about. Do you know what I mean? So, so yes, I mean, I guess it's going to be a more sort of, a, it will look like a heavier conversation to those who doesn't speak the language because <laughs> it seems like any anytime Russians are speaking in Russian, it feels like they're either having an argument or, you know, uh, talking about killing somebody. I don't know why. Um, but it, it, it was a, a phenomenal day and, and working. I think we did it over a couple of episodes, didn't we? Um, yeah. And it was great. It was great for the character to go to Russia as well because we haven't seen him in Russia right, before. Right. We haven't... You know, one thing is to talk about the country where you come from. And it's completely different to, to see that person in the country, in the setting, which is his home. Well, you I see him here surrounded by books in his house with his father and his father's desk and seeing his, you know, his, the, the, the pictures from his childhood of him as a boy. And, and as an audience member, it's, it's phenomenal to be able to see a picture of a kid and kind of look at him now and it's like, okay, well, that become, you know, became this and, and this is how and this is why. Yeah. I have a technical acting question for you about that because, of course, there's a scene that we shot exterior mm-hmm. in Russia you're walking down the street and not far behind for anybody who's familiar with the city, there's a very well-known theater. But of course, you're not shooting in any of that. You're actually walking by a very cumbersome, weird green smock that's covering <laughs> up half of the block. Right. It's going to be replaced with all of that. Right. Afterwards, as an actor, how do you make that in your brain feel real enough to have a scene that's, that's then seamlessly translated later through digital effects? Um, I, I see it. 
you I think you have to um I read somebody well uh, somebody said that acting is finding truth in whatever world you're in so it, it doesn't matter if you are fighting dinosaurs or you're hmm. in, in the 80s and the Soviet Union playing spies it's about finding that truth in that material in that scene and that surrounding and you can be surrounded by green screens everywhere and being this green sphere you know at the end of the day the truth is still there the the truth is in the material and if you trust it like i do then it's quite easy can you talk about how you you know your character is really developed when he first arrived he was at least from by the others maybe they were projecting their own feelings he was this spoiled son of an apparatchik he pulled strings to get this position maybe who knew if he even knew anything about planes and stuff if he if he even had this scientific background but you have developed a very close relationship or with with arkady mm-hmm. got to be drinking buddies like how well hang on they're hardly drinking buddies well they drink together Drinking, drinking is a is a huge part of any culture, not just Russian. And I know what you're thinking. No, uh, <laughs> it, you know, there's a very there's a great saying. Uh, it says, if you want to get to know somebody, have a drink with that person, get drunk with that person, because your your filter disappears. Did you ever notice you have a drink with somebody and then over a period of a few drinks, you kind of like you talk about things that you kind of never thought you would be talking about. And it's so true. You get to know that person's beliefs. You get to know the person, what the person really thinks and feels. In the story, uh, when uh, Arkady and Oleg, they had a drink for the first time, that kind of marked the transition of their relationship from one stage to another stage. And having a drink with somebody is a very, is, is a milestone. Mm. It's almost like, okay, our relationship has just transcended into a different stage now we can talk and now we can whisper we don't have to talk officially only we can now whisper about other things too mm-hmm. it's now a club and so um and i believe that you know that, that's that's part of every culture you know whether you're drinking tea or you're drinking vodka you're drinking uh coffee uh it's kind of it's it's a it's a tradition mm-hmm. and I, and i just want to say <clears throat> we'll get to this in a moment but I, uh when we were doing our research on KGB in general and Residenturas in particular, that is to say the headquarters of KGB inside the embassy, uh, at one point, someone slipped to us the floor plan of the Residentura. Now, it turns out that apparently every Residentura in every embassy has the same floor plan and it has the same spot where the soundproof booth is where you can talk secretly in the same conference room and the same residence office and at the center of Every residentura, in every KGB, at every embassy, the very center, there's a bar. <laughs> now, I'm not saying, you know, that there isn't a bar at the CIA or Mossad. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, where's our bar? <laughs> <laughs> it would have seemed too hard to believe. Definitely, yeah. That's it for this week. Thanks again to Joel Fields. Joe Weisberg and Costa Ronan for joining us to talk about episode 404. Spasila. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for, for having me here. Thank you, Jim. That was great. Come back next week to hear us talk about episode 405 with some more very special guests. 
I felt so guilty each time I had to say, I'm sorry, could you cover that breast? Great. Like, it's really uncomfortable. I'm June Thomas. Thank you for joining us. Our producer is Henry Malofsky. This show is part of the Panoply Network.